Hallelujah. Praise God. Father God, we thank you this morning for your precious word. May it go forth with power and the anointing of Almighty God. May it reach the nations and turn this world around. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, let's turn in our Bibles. Now, we've got quite a few scriptures, so I'll have to just be selective. But let's just start with dear old Joshua. Chapter 6, verse 20. Okay, Joshua 6, verse 20. You all know the story of Jericho. We all know that very well. And the instruction was to march around. So they were busy marching around, marching around, marching around in silence. And the day came where they had to march around with the trumpets blaring and everybody making a noise. And then finally, they had to make a big shout. And this is what happens. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. Hallelujah. The people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Hallelujah. The wall fell down flat. Let's turn to Acts 4.31. Acts 4.31. This is a story where the early church is persecuted, and the authorities tell them that you may not preach in this name. So what they did is they went and gathered together and they all started to pray and they started to praise God and they started to worship God with shouting and singing. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. <laughs> Hallelujah. The place, we had a bit of a shaking here the other morning at 3.45. My soul, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So they did exactly what they were told not to do, but first they prayed, and the place was shaken. Amen. So that's earth-shaking stuff, that. Let's just go to another two scriptures, Matthew 12, verse 29. Matthew 12, verse 29. Oh, God, help me this morning. And there it says, okay, or how can, this is the Lord speaking, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods, amen, unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? Let's go to 1 Kings 18, back in the Old Testament. 1 Kings, 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45. 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45. We all know the story. Elijah has been causing trouble according to King Ahab. There's been famine in the land. There's been a drought at the Lord's word through Elijah the prophet. And then we know the big showdown on Mount Carmel, etc., and all that. And then it comes time for the drought to break, all right? And Elijah prays. Let's go from verse 41. That's 1 Kings 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times 
he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Amen. Praise God. Now, last week I was explaining that we're heading for rough times and we need to be prepared. The church of God needs to be prepared. My duty is to do everything I can as far as I know, to the extent of my understanding, which obviously is limited, but as far as I know, to prepare us for what's coming. Can you all say amen? amen. I can't just sit around and preach nice, pretty little sermons that will make everybody happy, stroke everybody's little feathers, so you can all remain comfortable. Sorry, Tim, you'd love that, wouldn't you? <laughs> then you get your early. You know that your feathers are going to be stroked and you'll feel warm and comfortable. Not my job. Not my job. I have to tell the horrible truth sometimes and the truth is sometimes quite shocking, but we have to face it. But we have to be ready. We have to be ready. All right? If you remember correctly, one of the things I was sharing is that we must know the weapons of our warfare. If we are going into battle, you must know your weapons and you must know how to use them. We must. If you wander into battle holding your FN and you haven't got a clue how the thing works, or your hockey stick as the case may be, <laughs> Alan took on the whole of KwaZulu and Tal's dark forces armed with the hockey stick. He's quite a hero actually. But the problem is you won't be able to fight if you don't know how to use your weapon. Plus, not only must you know how to use it, you have to guess what? Oh, field of Einstein intellect. What do you have to do? You have to use the blessed thing. Can you all say amen? amen? I'm an expert with this weapon. I'm an expert with this weapon. Hallelujah, I know the Bible backwards. Hallelujah, I know everything about prayer. Hallelujah, I know about all the gifts of those. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> the devil laughs and he just says, well, you're a clown. Because it's not how much you know, it's what you actually do we have to operate? So you see, this morning we're going to be talking about one of the most powerful weapons that we have at our disposal, and that is prayer. That is prayer. If you don't know how to pray, you are done for. Amen. Hallelujah. If we don't know how to pray, we are done for. Church, we are done for. So what is my little job sitting here, nice and pretty? Teach us all about prayer. Well, I'm going to do my best, let me tell you that. And let me be honest, I don't really know much about it. I'm still learning myself. But what we are going to do is take the little bit that we know and we are going to use it. Can you all say amen? amen. We're all going to just use it and use it and use it and use it. And the more you use something, the more you know about it. Am I right? the better you become acquainted with it. You see, and that's our job, to be experts in the area of prayer. So when the devil tries his luck 
as it were, we can give him. You know, the army had a lovely word for this. It's not very polite. Not very polite, but they used the word, give him a snot squirt. Do you know what a snot squirt is? When you punch somebody in the face, all the snot comes out of their nose. What a polite minister of the gospel. Hallelujah. I left my dog collar behind. <laughs> Glory to God. But we've got to learn how to give the devil a hiding so that he won't come looking for us. Amen? Amen. If we don't know how to give him a hiding, guess what he's going to do? Give us a hiding. And we're going to go running around. Oh no, oh no, oh no. God's not on my side. God's not on my side. It's God's will. Have you heard that stupidity in your life from the pulpit? Not from this one, bless God. We are going to fight, but we're going to know how to fight. And you might say, well, I don't know much about it. Neither do I. But you know what? We take what we do know and we use it. I'm very grateful to a lady by the name of Carol Ward. I mentioned her last week. Janet introduced me to her. Some of you know about her. This woman, let me just say this, I admire her. She speaks our language. And bless God, maybe one day we'll be able to speak like she does. Amen. Here she is as a young lady. She had a history of parents and grandparents in the mission field, in the roughest areas in the world. She grows up in this environment reading as a child book, The Blood of the Martyrs. How's that? <laughs> we should read that to little Einstein's, The Blood of the Martyrs. Oh, they would love that. They'd probably practice it on each other, but let's be careful. But anyway, and she prays this prayer. Oh, God, send me to the place where nobody wants to go. That's a brave prayer, is it not? Why is it that nobody wants to go there? <laughs> Maybe they've got a bit of intelligence, you understand? I would ever pray a prayer like that. One prophetess wanted to send, with all the spit, she wanted to send me to the dusty roads of Africa. She said, one day you will walk, you will tread, trod, trod the dusty roads of Africa. And I said in my little brain, not going to happen. <laughs> If I have to go to Africa, it's by helicopter. <laughs> I'll be able to get out as fast as I can get in. But I'm just trying to explain this woman goes armed with nothing, ends up in Uganda, nearby where they have the Tutsis and the whatever and, and all the genocide. There have been tribal warfare. They've been killing each other for centuries. Centuries. Little boys, little children armed with AKs as child soldiers sent into battle as cannon fodder. Oh, it's horrific what goes on there. And God sends her there. A white woman all on her own in the middle of darkest Africa. Armed with three things. Mighty God, the word of God, and a knowledge of prayer. And you know what? Those prayers overcame. It's incredible. That for me is a great, great testimony. I'll just share one of the examples. I know very little. I'm hoping to learn more. But there's one occasion... She was stationed in Uganda. They overcome terrible odds. She starts up these massive prayer cells all over the place. They pray for three, four hours a day. Just pray, 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 fasting and praying all the time. And they see miracles. Miracles. Anyway, they start up a work in South Sudan. Everybody told her, you can't buy property in South Sudan. So what did they do? They prayed. And as a result of that prayer, eventually, guess what? They had a property in South Sudan. So they start a mission and everything's going fine and young people are getting saved. Old people are getting saved. People are getting set free. People are being trained in the kingdom of heaven. Guess what happens? Along comes the army and tells them, you have to move off. We're taking over your land. 
But she says, we've paid for it. It belongs to us legally. This is our land. They said, doesn't matter. We are coming to take over all their weaponry and all their soldiers and everything. So what did she do? (laughs) Well, she said to her staff, please, you go and do what they tell you to do. I don't want any harm to come to you. But I am going into my office. I'm locking it and I'm not moving. Amen. I'm not moving. This is our property legally. Before the throne of God, I am not moving. One lonely woman in an office surrounded by an army. Are those odds or those odds? In the natural, who would you bet on? (laughs) What chances are there in the natural? Zero. But guess what? She goes before her God, who she knows so well, and she prays, and she says, Father God, if I have to die, I have to die. I give you my life. But I'm not moving. Isn't that lovely? She learned that from her grandfather, I think, or from her father. We're not moving. This is God's property, and that is it. Isn't that awesome? Do you know what happened? She locked the door. They started to hit on the door, kick at the door. Big noise going outside. She wouldn't budge. Eventually, what happens? Do you know they couldn't kick the door down? (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's not children kicking the door. And what happens? Slowly but surely, they disappear. They go away and they carry on. What had actually happened is that the warring tribes, the one tribe had bribed the government because they wanted to come and take over the property. See what happens in Africa and all over. Can you see? But she wouldn't budge. I mean, she wouldn't budge. And that is the spirit that you and I need to pick up. Can you all say amen? That's the spirit of this message today. You see, we have to learn how to pray. And you see, if we can learn how to pray, there is no situation that we cannot confront, A, and B, have victory. I hear him today, church. We have to have this victory mentality. Right. So the first thing I need to express about prayer. Now, please understand, there are many, many types of prayer. Amen? There are many types of prayer, and all of them are valid. There's devotional prayer. There's soaking prayer, hearing God's voice. Amen? There's conversational prayer, like we have very often here. Conversational prayer. Very important. We have all these types of prayer. But the prayer we're talking about now is in the context of warfare. And what we need to learn is prevailing prayer. Amen? Prevailing prayer. Prayer as a weapon. The weapon of our warfare. Amen? The weapon of our warfare. Listen to me carefully. This is critically important. The Lord said, if you want to take over a house, you have to first do what? Bind the strong man. Amen? You have to bind the strong man. In every situation that you and I face, that is difficult, guess what? Behind every situation is what? A strong man. A spiritual power. Amen? A spiritual power that has been sent, assigned by the devil himself to frustrate us as people, 
in general and Christians in particular. Amen? Does everybody get that? So when people behave funny and start to oppose you and cause trouble and issues arise, guess what? It's not the people. It's the strong man behind them. And Carol Wood was explaining when they go into a country and they have situations like we have here where things are not happening. Why? Because there's evil and corruption and all these things. They identify the issues and one by one they start to pray. All right? They bind the strong man. And when that strong man is bound, then things just supernaturally change. And nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. Amen? Well, we know why. Because in the spirit, the troublemaker was bound. So he could no longer operate in the hearts of people. Warring factions for 40 years, killing each other. Just become big friends. No rhyme or reason. But we know the rhyme and the reason. Amen? Businesses battling. What's causing it? Circumstance. Oh, this is how it goes. Well, guess what? It doesn't have to go that way. Did you know that? Doesn't have to go that way. But what's got to happen first? The strong man has got to be bound. There's a strong man that has been assigned to destroy this church. Did you all know that? He's been quite active over quite a few years. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that his time is up. <laughs> Don't say that too loud, Graham. The devil might hear you. <laughs> That's the very swine I want to hear me. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're coming to get you. Hallelujah. Prepare yourself for a snot squirt. <laughs> but we can't talk too loud because what we've got to do is learn how to pray. Okay. So the first thing I want us to understand, because we can't teach everything on prayer, obviously. There's just a few principles we're going to take hold of today and probably we'll teach more and more as we go along. Amen. We need to be experts in prayer. Amen. We need to be people who know how to pray. Amen. We were involved with an organization and the leader of the prayer circle, as it were, prayer chain, I think they call it. Have you heard of prayer chains? They terrify me. This lady in charge of the prayer chain stood up one day and said, if God heals people, why am I wearing glasses? That was her mentality. Would you like to have somebody in charge of the prayer chain when you are on your deathbed fighting disease who thinks, well, can't see because God can't heal me? Would you like somebody like that praying for you in a situation like that? Let me tell you, that's the very last person you want praying for you. And worse than that, you don't want to telling everybody, ooh, 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 the poor pastor's in trouble. Let's just ask God if by some miracle he might help him. If it be his will, oh Lord, if it be thy will, if it be thy will. Do you want that? That's a short ticket to getting killed, dear God. Amen? What do we want? 
people who know how to pray. And the starting point, brothers and sisters, is to know our authority in Christ. Amen? We've got to get this so firmly in our hearts. We have every right to victory. Can you all say amen? amen? Because we have been seated with him in heavenly places. Oh, but I'm just a young Christian. I don't really know my Bible. Guess what? Does the Bible say only when you're an old Christian? Only when you know your Bible from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between? Only then, only then will thou be raised up into heavenly places. Oh no, oh no. The smallest child, the moment that child says, come into my heart, Jesus. Guess what? That child has authority to face off the biggest demon on the face of this earth. Did you know that? We've got to know that, saints. In any situation, we have a right to victory. Can you all say that? Amen? We are entitled to victory. That's the spirit of this lady. I'm in this place. I am a representative of Almighty God. I have a right to victory. I'm not moving. We need to have that. Amen? That's the starting point for you and I to pray effective prayers. Because if we don't know that, guess what? We are wishing and hoping. Hoping and a praying. How powerful is a prayer that's hoping and a praying? Wishing and hoping. Oh Lord, if it be thy will, may my child come back to thee. This cancer that's afflicting my loved one, if it be your will, we're hoping and praying that you'll do something. The devil laughs himself silly. You're wasting your breath, hallelujah. Wasting your breath. What is the right prayer? Thank you, Father God, that we have authority. Now let's go and use that authority and chase the swine of our property. Amen? We've got to have that attitude. But you will not have that attitude if you think, maybe we'll win, maybe we won't. You understand? It's not a maybe if business. We'll only win if, guess what, we know before we go that we've won. Amen? Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because the truth of the matter is that when you and I start to pray, there is an occasion where it doesn't seem to be working. Amen? That's why I shared that scripture with Elijah. He knew that God wanted to bring the rain back because that is what God had said. God had said to him, unless at your word, there will be no rain. There will be no rain. So Elijah gives the word and guess what? To all intents and purposes, no rain, not a cloud in the sky. But what did he do? What he knows to do. He gets on his knees and he begins to pray. Amen? Can you see? And he tells his servant, go and check. The servant goes to check. Nothing. Can you imagine what's going through the servant's mind? <laughs> of all the prophets I have to be a servant, God gives me this one. Because <laughs> it happened seven times. Go and check. Okay. Okay. Nothing. Pray. Go and check. Like the blind, there's nothing. <laughs> Aziko, nothing. 
No problem. Starts to pray. Go and check. Maybe I should get some binoculars. <laughs> Seven times. Do you get it? Seven times. What if Elijah had said to himself, you know what? Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe God wants to extend the drought. Maybe it is God's will not to obey my voice on this occasion. You understand? If he had had a faltering approach, what would have happened? Nothing. Even though God is in charge of the wind and the waves and the storms and the rain. Nothing. Amen? But he kept going. And eventually, the servant goes out there and he looks out. Oh, my soul, there's something over there. A little cloud. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, there's a, a cloud the size of a fist. Right, that's it. Okay, Abe, you better run. It's going to rain. Amen? And before long, what? The whole nation was drenched in rain. Praise God. We've got to learn. Now, please, number one principle, we have victory. That mentality, that mentality will lead to the next principle, which is what? Keep going. Amen? Don't give up until we see what is ours manifest. Amen? Don't give up. That's number two. And you see, the thing is this. You know, I might say, well, I don't really know how to pray. That was my problem for a long time. Quite funny, actually. I go to every man of God and I say to him, I don't really know how to pray. As for me, O Holy One, I do a lot of other stuff, but I don't really know how to pray. <laughs> Have you ever done something as stupid as I hope not? I hope not. I would go to somebody else, very holy man, and I'd put on that holy face. And I'd say to him, yes, I can lead the praise and the worship. Yes, I can do that. I can teach a little bit of Bible. But, brother, I'm still learning how to pray. Till eventually I struck a real man of God. You see, and I started this pathetic story yet again. Oh, this holy Joe here, he's very good at a lot of things. But, but, he just hasn't yet. This after a few years, by the way. So this wonderful man of God says, well, get started. <laughs> Go and do. You understand? Do we know everything about prayer? No. But what do we do? Take the bit that we know and keep going with it. Are you hearing me, church? We've got to take what we do know and get going with it. And as we get going with it, God starts to teach us stuff. Amen? We're supposed to pray with the understanding. We're also supposed to pray in the Spirit. You might not know how to pray in the Spirit. You might not even know how to pray with understanding. But get started. Get started, you see. And as you and I get started and we keep going, what happens? God starts to show us new things. Amen? My prayer life has changed all the time, constantly evolving. Don't yet call myself a prayer warrior, but I'm working towards it. Are you hearing me? And I'm not going to give up until what? I seed my desire upon my enemies. Can you all say amen? amen? Victory is sweet. Victory is sweet. The next thing I need to say is this, and we almost finished here. It's going to tie with those few scriptures I read. You see, the question is, how long must you keep going? Amen? How long must I keep going? Did Elijah look up in the Old Testament and say, okay, I've got to keep going seven times. Okay, I want number six. <laughs> If that was the case, what would he have done? Look. 
Look, he wouldn't have really prayed. Are you hearing me? This prayer is a hard thing. We have to grip God with our spirit man. It takes effort, which is why so many Christians, we do not pray. It's uncomfortable. We've got to stretch. We've got to push in there. We've got to keep going. Amen? And then the devil comes and says, oh, well, you must leave that to the intercessors. Isn't that lovely? In our church, we've got intercessors. Leave it all to the intercessors. I once was going on a mission trip with a music team, and I thought, let me ask the intercessor to pray for us. The church had a very well-known intercessor. I said to her, please, auntie, we are as a music team going to the village next door. Would you like to cover us in prayer? Oh, yes, I will cover thee in prayer. So off we go. Oh, my soul. The first two days were absolute hell. I woke up in the middle of the night. You know what I found? This prayer, mangled prayer, was actually holding me down. I had to cut it off. Dear God, I had to cut it off. And then the thing took off. Not before. How's that for relying on the intercessors? Now, thank God for intercessors. I know some churches, when some pastors and ministers are faced with such trouble, all they do is phone the intercessors and ask them to pray. And that's a wonderful thing. Please don't get me wrong. Thank God for intercessors. I know when there are great crusades going, in every case where it's a successful crusade, you know what you'll find. In the basement beneath the church or somewhere, there's a whole group of people doing what? Interceding. Interceding. Praying. 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 And that's what makes the difference, actually. That's where the victory comes. That's where the victory comes, in the prayer. My friend, he was battling to get some help in life, and there was this great evangelist in town. It was Harari at the time, Mario Cirillo. He was in this hotel and obviously doesn't allow anybody to come and see him. But my friend was very persistent, got through to see him. He said, I need to see this man. I need help. And he was very gracious, helped him. And then he said to him something that's very powerful. He said to him, you know all the miracles that will take place up there in the stadium this evening and whenever I'm preaching. You know where all those healing miracles take place? Right here, we are praying. I mean, right here we are praying. Hear me? They so see, we've got to learn how to pray. But the point I'm trying to make here is this. There does come a time. There does come a time when our prayers accumulate to such a state where God can say, there we go. Amen? It's mentioned in the book of Revelation. It speaks about the bowl. And it speaks of those bowls as the prayers of the saints. The prayers of the saints. And the understanding is this, that as we pray, as we pray, those prayers are collected. Amen? Only way to really understand it, those prayers are collected. Every single prayer that you and I prayed has been collected. Amen? But there does come a time where that prayer bowl, as it were, is full. And if you read in the book of Revelation, when that time comes, that bowl is loosed on the earth. And that's where all the big things happen. The earthquakes, the thunder, the light. God goes, wow. Can you see that? So you see, you and I, we need to learn how to pray persistently. Pray persistently. And then there comes a time where there's that note of victory. Amen? That note of victory. You just know that you know that you know that this thing has been achieved. Amen? Now, you see, we could all just say, oh, you stop there. That's a big mistake. All right? Because let me tell you, and this is what we want to learn this morning, that is the time 
for what I will call the shout of victory. Amen. The title of this message is the shout of victory. All right. When we have that shout of victory, that's when the whole thing turns around and God manifests on the earth. Amen. So you see, we need to learn to do this. We need to learn how to persistently pray, persistently pray, persistently pray, expanding our capacity for prayer all the time until we come to the place where in any situation, many intercessors will say they have a peace about it. They just have a peace and they say, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And they move on. That's the place for a victory shout. Amen. That victory shout is what breaks through. Can you see that? Israel of old. They're marching around. They're marching around. It's almost like intercession. Strict instructions. Don't talk. Don't talk. Why don't talk? The moment people start foul-mouthing this whole situation or bad-mouthing it, and they say, you know, the one soldier says to the others, we're marching here, but those walls are very high. The other one says to him, you're thinking exactly what I'm thinking. Those walls are very high. And the one behind picks us up and says, oh, my soul, those walls are very high. What is Joshua doing with us? And guess what happens? What floats throughout the whole camp? Unbelief, fear, doubt. All right? You can't have that. When you and I are praying, let me tell you, the enemy will come with fear, unbelief, doubt. It's not working. It's not working. Don't be bothered anymore. It's not going to happen. What have we got to do? Keep the mouth shut. All right? And in place of that, speak what God has said. Amen? It is working. God is on the throne. Victory is mine. Praise be to God. Are you hearing me today, church? We've got to have this mentality. Why is victory ours? Because we are on the victory side. Amen? And then the day came and they said, right, we've done our prayer. We've done everything. Now's the time to do what? Shout! And when they shouted, what happens? What happened? The walls fell down. Amen? The walls fell down. Same with the New Testament church. We read about it there in Acts. They've just been in prison, scourged, beaten to a pulp. Roman prisons weren't five-star hotels. <laughs> Put it that way. Didn't come to you in the morning and say, how oh, do you like your coffee? Do you like your egg sunny side up? <laughs> Those prisons were held. The Romans were quite famous for inventing very wonderful methods of torture. Did you know that? Their favorite one was crucifixion. Don't want to go into details, but it wasn't a pleasant place. They'd been beaten, they'd been scourged. But they were warned, don't you dare speak in this name. So what did they do? Go to the people, their own people. They gathered with their own people, right? Their own people. They explained what had happened, and then they started to pray. And then I can believe they had a wonderful victory time, and they shouted, and what happened? The place began to rumble. If the earth beneath your feet begins to rumble when you pray, guess what? Somebody somewhere is on your side. And I would recommend we have that person on our side. Well, the good news is we do. Paul had the same occasion. He's stuck in prison with Silas. You all know the story. The Philippian jail. They are also beaten and terrible things happen to them. Their feet are put in stocks. Their feet are put in stocks. Do you know what stocks are? Piece of wood with a hole cut in it. So they put your feet in there. Put the wood in the hole. So you can't move, basically. 
the hands as well. Can I just say something about stocks? They don't have different sizes. What size are your ankles? Oh, we've got one just for you. It'll fit, <laughs> It'll fit comfortably. They didn't have that. Oh, we've got one with the padding. Would you prefer that? What color do you like? No, 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 no. These are the stocks, whether your foot fits or not. Bam! <laughs> I don't think I would sleep very well. I'm quite fussy about the way I sleep. Hey, my darling. Very fussy. So I don't think stocks would go down all that well with me. But it was hell. And what I'm saying is this. In that condition, they started to praise and worship God. And listen, they were so loud that all the prisoners heard them. And then at midnight, hallelujah, what happens? Once again, God sort of pitches up. And when God pitches up, what happens? That earth begins to shake. Amen? That earth begins to shake, and those chains fall off, and they go out, and they take over the whole city, establish a church, which even today we know about because of the book of Philippians. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, you see, we can read about these things. Carol Ward said something which actually comes from James, the very good form of the word in James, and throughout the Bible, actually, the teachings of the Lord Yeshua himself. But she said this, information without application is deception. Information without application is deception. You're fooling yourself. We can learn about all of these things, but guess what? Unless we do them, we are done for. So what do you think we're going to do now? Would anybody like to hazard a guess? In view of the fact that the title of this wonderful message has been The Victory Shout. <laughs>